0: Please open your Bibles with me to First Timothy, Chapter One. In First Timothy, Chapter One, verse fifteen. Paul writes, This is a faithful saying, and it is worthy of all acceptation. Sinner, you ought to rejoice in this. (laughs) That Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. This glorious Christ-honoring verse is comprised of three parts. First, a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. Second, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And third, of whom I am chief. By examining this verse, I pray that the Lord would grant all of us here this morning, by his undeserved grace, to see three things that are recorded here. First, The word of Christ. Second, the will of Christ. And lastly, the wisdom of Christ. Our text declares a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. What is this phrase, faithful saying, referring to here? What is this saying that is faithful and worthy of all acceptation? The sayings of men? No. The Apostle Paul was referring to the sure word of God. His gospel, our gospel, the gospel of God's everlasting covenant, order in all things and sure. Beloved, this is all our salvation. Look there in verse 3. This is what Paul instructed Timothy to charge some, that they teach no other doctrine. Well, what doctrine is that? Turn with me to 2 John, verse 3. we read here in this verse, "...whosoever transgresseth and abideth not in the doctrine of Christ, whoever does not abideth in the teaching of Christ, hath not God." This is not some minor difference of doctrine This is about either being a place where God is or is not. And it is only where Christ and Him crucified you may find your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He that abideth in the doctrine of Christ, he hath both the Father and the Son. Our Lord teaches with His Word. He declares, This is my Father's will, He who sent me, that of all that He has given me to save in covenant agreement, I will lose none. The word of Christ, the word of God is that faithful saying that ministers of the gospel speak in Christ. Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 2. Verse 17. For we are not as many which corrupt the word of God, but as of sincerity, but as of God. In the sight of God, speak we in Christ. beloved we speak in Christ, not about Christ, but rather speak we in Christ. Speak we the word of God. Speak we in Christ. Now, how is that? By God's undeserved grace, we have Christ abiding in us. And from the treasure of his heart, a heart opened by the Lord himself, he bringeth forth that which is good, Christ. By God's grace, we declare the truth of who Christ is. Well, who is the Lord Jesus Christ? Turn with me to the Gospel of Isaiah. Chapter 9. We read who who he is here in verse 6. For unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given. And the government shall be upon his shoulders. This is our sovereign king. And ye shall call his name Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. He is Almighty God, Beloved the eternal father and the sure savior of his people by god's grace we declare the truth of what he did turn with me to matthew chapter 1 what is it that our lord jesus christ did what has he accomplished in matthew's gospel chapter chapter 1 and verse 21 we hear the glad tidings, the, the, the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. The angel of the Lord declares here, You shall call his name Jesus, for he shall save his people from their sins. Beloved, he has redeemed us and has justified his beloved people. He has saved us to the uttermost. By God's grace, we declare the truth of where Christ is now. Where is the Lord Jesus Christ right now? He is seated at the right hand of God, reigning and governing over all things for the good of His own, interceding on behalf of His people on our behalf, beloved. Turn with me to Hebrews chapter 1, verse 3. We read here in verse three, who being the brightness of his glory, the Lord Jesus Christ being the brightness of the glory of our heavenly father in the express image of his person and upholding all things by the word of his power, when he had by himself purged our sins, sat down at the right hand of the majesty on high. We read in our passage, a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation. Is the sound doctrine of Christ, His abiding word in you, the word of Christ? Turn with me to Colossians chapter 3. We read there in verse 16. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom, teaching and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. Turn with me to John's Gospel, chapter 5. we're just looking at this one part of 1st Timothy chapter 1 verse 15 a true and faithful saying what is it? it is the word of Christ and in John's gospel chapter 38 we read here the Lord declaring before these unbelieving Jews these, these men who do not hear him or believe him he says to them, Ye have not His word abiding in you, for whom He hath sent, him ye believe not. Now the, the will of our Heavenly Father is to believe on whom He has sent, to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. And our Lord makes it very clear about what is this that Paul is referring to, a true and faithful saying worthy of all acceptation. It is the testimony of Christ. Verse 39 we read, Search the Scriptures, for in them ye think ye have eternal life. And they are they which testify of me. The faithful saying worthy of all acceptation is the word of Christ, which God's people have abiding in them. It's not the word of Calvin, not the word of man, but the word of God, the word of Christ. What a comfort it is to trace the reason why you believe to this faithful saying and your reason for receiving it. By God's undeserved grace, Christ Jesus the Lord, your sure hope of glory, has been formed in you. It is, he is the abiding word in us. With the natural man, until God does a work in him, he cannot and will not receive the spiritual doctrine of Christ. In fact, you who believe, you love his teaching. Do you remember what our Lord said, declared? He declared, If a man loved me, He will keep my words, and my father will love him, and we will come unto him and make our abode with him. He that loveth me not keepeth not my sayings, and the word which you hear is not mine, but the Father the Father's which sent me. Praise the Lord for his love, a love that is shed abroad in our heart by the Holy Ghost, a love for him and everything about him, a love for his words for His headship, for His body, and His finished saving work. Praise the Lord for the Word of Christ. And as we move on in our text here in 1 Timothy chapter 1, we've not only seen here the Word of Christ, but blessed be the Lord, the will of Christ. As we go on in this text, we read these words, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. What does this mean, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners? Well, first of all, let's deal with what it does not mean. It does not mean that he came into the world to try and save sinners. Beloved, his word declares that he came into the world to save sinners. Anyone who would say that God tried to do anything is a vain jangler, Understanding neither what they say nor whereof they affirm. He did not come into the world to make salvation possible for all men. In fact, with men, salvation is impossible. But with God, all things are possible. This is where all our hope is laid, beloved. All our hope of being saved is in Him, our Lord Jesus Christ, who has all power in heaven and in earth to do everything we need to be saved. And beloved, He's done it. It's finished. If you are to be saved, you must be saved by Him. If you are not believing Him in light of eternity, you have nothing. Absolutely nothing. The Apostle John wrote, He who has the Son has life. Eternal life. But he who has not the Son of God has not life. It's the only issue that matters, beloved. If you are not believing Him, In light of eternity, you have nothing. But if by God's grace in Christ Jesus, you are coming to Him, believing on Him, being saved in Him, you have all things. In fact, you have everything. Turn with me to Mark's Gospel, chapter 10. It's a remarkable question the disciples ask here. In verse 24, they ask our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. In verse 26, well, I'll pick up in verse 24 here. And the disciples were astonished at his words, but Jesus answereth again and saith unto them, Children, how hard it is for them that trust in riches to enter into the kingdom of God. It is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter into the kingdom of God. And they were astonished out of measure, saying among themselves, Who then can be saved? And Jesus, looking upon them, saith, With men it is impossible, but not with God. For for, For with God all things are possible. Christ did not come into this world to try to save, but rather our text declares the gospel. Christ Jesus came into the world to save. Well, who did he come into the world to save? Who does our text say he came to save? Good people? No. Saints? No. The faithful? No. The only word in our text used here to describe those for whom he came to save is sinners. He came into the world to save sinners. If you can hear that and, and believe that, rejoice. That is the gospel. That is what we believe, beloved, that he shall not fail to do that which we, he was sent into the world to do, to save sinners. The only word our text uses here to describe those from whom he came to save is sinners. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. Not those who say, my neighbor is worse than I am. Not those who say, I'm good enough to go to heaven. But rather those who are taught by God to say, I'm not worthy of the grace and mercy of God. But Christ is well-pleasing to my heavenly Father and I am accepted in the only Redeemer of sinners, His beloved Son. By God's grace, His people can say, I'm not worthy of heaven, but the Lord Jesus Christ is worthy to open the book, for He was slain and has redeemed me back to God by His blood, and not only me, but a people out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. It's a wide-open gospel, beloved. It's not. It doesn't exclude, it's inclusive. Take a look at how inclusive this gospel is. Look at Revelation with me, chapter 5. Now, some would have you think that we, we preach and teach that the Lord did not come into the world to be to be served, but to serve and to give His life a ransom for a few. <laughs> we don't say that. He did not say that. Our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ said He did not come into the world to be ministered to, but to minister and to give His life a ransom for many. <laughs> And look at here in Revelation chapter 5, verse 9. Oh, what a blessed portion this is. Those who have been given a new heart, an open heart by the Lord, not a heart that you vainly thought you opened for yourself, but the Lord opens His, the hearts of His people. And it's a new heart. And in verse 9, they sing a new song saying, Thou art worthy to take the book and to open the seals thereof. For thou wast slain and hast redeemed us to God by thy blood out of every kindred and tongue and people and nation. It is by the precious blood of the Lord Jesus Christ that he redeems all of his people. We're his purchased possession. And what a a gospel it is, beloved, to just see the simplicity of it. Just this one declaration that he came into the world to save sinners. It is the only word used in our text to describe those whom He came into the world to save. Sinners. Those who ascribe all unworthiness to themselves and all worthiness to Christ, the Son of God. Has God shown you that you are a sinner? Well, I have good news for you. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. And that is what He accomplished on Calvary's cross. The salvation of His people. Sinners. Now, somebody here might be thinking, well, certainly we're all sinners. I mean, I'm not perfect. What are you trying to say? I'm telling you that when God loves you, and I can't say that God loves you. Uh, He doesn't love everyone. He loves his beloved people. But if he does love you, he'll put you into the light and countenance of his beloved son and show, show you what you are from the top of your head to the tip of your toe. Sinners are saved by the Lord Jesus Christ. Sinners elect by God the Father. Sinners redeemed by God the Son. And oh, how I pray that it is God's will and purpose this morning to call a sinner into the comfort that God sent me to preach. What a comfort is that? The double payment of God in Christ. The gospel declaration is, Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, saith your God. Speak ye comfortably to Jerusalem, and cry unto her that her warfare is accomplished, that her iniquity is pardoned, for she hath received the of the Lord's hand double for all her sins. Sinners called by God the Holy Spirit have received the application of these truths to a new and open heart by the power of God. Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. This is the will of Christ, to accomplish the will of His Father on earth As it is in heaven, in the salvation and redemption of all his beloved people. Praise the Lord for the accomplished will of Christ, the accomplished will of God. Now lastly, in our text, we have this expression by Paul. He says in verse 15, This is a faithful saying and worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. In the last words of our verse here, the Apostle here declares, of whom I am chief. Paul is declaring here the wisdom of Christ. We've looked already at the word of Christ, the will of Christ, but now lastly, let's look at here the wisdom of Christ. This wisdom of Christ is that Christ in his mercy has shown to the Apostle Paul as he does to all his people. Paul said, I obtain mercy that in me, first Jesus Christ might show forth all longsuffering, a pattern to them which should hereafter believe on him to life everlasting the testimony of Paul's experience of faith is a pattern that the Holy Spirit has preserved for us who believe on Christ has Christ revealed to you that in consideration of your family your neighbors your fellow countrymen your friends in short in consideration of everyone else you know that you're the chief sinner present this morning that you need Christ more than others. The wisdom of Christ has made you to see your desperate need of His forgiveness and of His perfect righteousness. (coughs) Our brother Paul, not a a self-righteous man, but a righteous man by Christ, a sinner made righteous in Christ. The Word of God declares, He hath made Him, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, to be sin for us, who knew no sin, that we might be made the righteousness of God in Him. How remarkable are the words of our brother Paul in light of verses 9 through 10. He says he's the chief of sinners. He says here in verses 9, he sets forth descriptions of all kinds of sinners here. The lawless and disobedient, the ungodly and for sinners, for unholy and profane, for murderers of fathers and murderers of mothers, for manslayers, for whoremongers, for them that defile themselves with mankind, for men stealers, for liars, for perjured persons. Paul tells us he would direct all those people outside of Christ to get to the back of the line in this ugly testimony of what we are apart outside of Christ, left to ourselves to perish in the vile of our total depravity. Paul says he is the chief among them. A true and faithful saying worthy of all acceptation that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am chief. This is one of the evidences that Christ came into the world to save your soul that the wisdom of Christ has been made manifest to you, that he has made you to see that in consideration of all other men, you are the chief sinner among them, more needful and desperate of Christ than any other. We've heard the teaching of our Lord. Perhaps you haven't heard before. Someone would think that they're... I've, I've never murdered anybody. Our Lord tells us, You have heard it written, Thou shalt not kill. But I tell you, whoever hates his brother is in danger of hellfire judgment. Or there might be a man or woman here that thinks I've never committed adultery. Our Lord says, You have heard it written, Thou shalt not commit adultery. But I tell you, whoever looks at a woman to lust after her has committed adultery already with her in her heart. But we must remember that even in the small gathering, it is not only those who have broken the law In spirit, but those who have broken the law, indeed. Are you in this place beside a, a murderer? Not just someone who's hated, someone, an actual murderer? God, in love, will show you in your naked state before Him that is what you are. And never mind the murderer beside you, you are guilty of murdering. Are you in this place beside a liar? God in love will show you in your naked state before him that is what you are. That's what I am. And never mind the liar beside you. You are guilty of lying. Sinner, friend, if God shows you what you are in the light of his beloved son, in the light of the Lord Jesus Christ in the light of His holiness, in the light of His holy law, you'll flee to Christ. To suggest that in heaven, men and women could think to themselves, well, I must have been just a little more spiritual than those who are hellbound. Thankfully, I just wasn't like other men. Preposterous. That'll never happen. We just read all honor and all glory will be for Him alone. (laughs) friend let me solemnly warn you you are no better than all of those here mentioned outside of Christ in these passages here in verses 9 and 10 god grant you the grace to see that that and stop lying to yourself stop lying to yourself and lying to god if you would judge yourself and take sides against yourself with god you would not be judged But if you continue, if God in his holy anger leave you to yourself, your part will be in the lake of fire with all the other liars who think they made themselves to differ. By God's undeserved grace, purposed and given to us in Christ Jesus before the world began, he gives us wisdom because he loves us, beloved. (laughs) To see what we are in the light of his darling Son. In Matthew chapter 11 verse 26, the Lord Jesus Christ spoke of the sinners he came to the world to save and the wisdom he would give them. Turn with me to Matthew's gospel verse 26. Pick up in verse uh, 25. Matthew's Gospel, chapter 11, verse 25. At that time Jesus answered and said, I thank thee, O Father, Lord of heaven and earth, because thou hast hid these things from the wise and prudent, and hast revealed them unto babes. Even so, Father, for so it seemed good in thy sight. All things are delivered unto me of my Father. And no man knoweth the Son but the Father, neither knoweth any man the Father, save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. Beloved of God are ye in Christ Jesus, who of God has made unto us wisdom and righteousness and sanctification and redemption, that according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. Praise the Lord for the wisdom of Christ. Wisdom to see in the light of Christ our poverty and His provision. <laughs> he doesn't just leave us to see our our nakedness and our poorness. He shows us Christ's riches and power. The Lord Jesus Christ, behold Him, beloved. Behold the blood-bought pardon of sin and a perfect righteousness that He established on the earth as a man on behalf of all His people. Beloved of Christ, rest in the word of Christ. Our Lord Jesus Christ said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation but is passed from death unto life. Beloved of God, rest in the will of Christ. Our Lord Jesus Christ said, This is the Father's will, he who sent me that of all which he hath given me, I shall lose nothing, but should raise it up again at the last day. And this is the will of him that sent me, that every one which seeth the Son and believeth on him may have everlasting life, and I will raise him up at the last day. Beloved of God, rest in the wisdom of Christ. Our Lord Jesus Christ said, No man knoweth the Son but the Father, neither knoweth any man the Father save the Son, and he to whomsoever the Son will reveal him. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Beloved of God, everything you need to be made clean, everything you need to be redeemed, Everything you need to be saved, to be accepted, to be forgiven of God, Christ Jesus accomplished on our behalf. To you that believe on Christ, ye are complete in him.